Hi, you're listening to After Dinner Conversations, short stories for long discussions. What that means is we get short stories, we select those short stories, and then we discuss them specifically about the ethics and the morality of the choices the characters and the situations put us in. Uh, why did you do this? What makes you do this? What makes us good people? What's the nature of truth, goodness, all of that sort of stuff? Uh, and hopefully we're all better, smarter people for it and, uh, and learn a little bit about why we think the way we think. So thank you for listening. Welcome back to After Dinner Conversation, short stories for long discussions, where we take the short stories that are published uh, on the website and on Amazon for the After Dinner Conversation, and we pick some of the best ones and we discuss them and we talk about the morality and the ethics uh, about the stories, really with the focus on sort of the, ideally often the classical sort of questions of what is the nature of humanity, what's the nature of life, what does it mean to be good or moral, uh, all of those sort of things, not just like, he should be dating her. <laughs> Not, it's, it's actually like the deeper sort of stuff uh, that we that we get into, and we have a great time doing it. And the hope is that you'll download and watch these, uh, read the books, talk to friends, and have the same kind of conversations we're having, and maybe come to different conclusions. That's totally fine too. Uh, we are once again in La Gatara Cafe, and every time I cat say cafe. that Cat Cafe, I always superimpose the logo in the top right hand corner. <laughs> so I feel like now I can nice. say like we are in Wait, La no, this corner, this, this cafe. corner, this corner, uh, one of the corners. I don't know which corner. Uh, but Tempe, Arizona, it's a place yeah. where there's a bunch of cats that are up for adoption and they're literally just chilling in this like place that looks like a home. Like there's like 15 cats. You can just come hang out, yeah. chill, get to know the cat, be like, hey, I love you. Let's go home together. Right. It's like a rent. <laughs> it's like a rent to own program. <laughs> yeah. Like you come, to you come two or three times, pay yeah. a couple bucks, hang out with the cats, and then eventually you leave with a cat. Or if you can't have a cat, it's a great way to come and still get and your cat fixed. If you're, if you're a significant yeah. other is allergic to cats, that'd be good. I don't one. know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm slightly allergic to cats. Yeah. So me being here by the end of the day, I'm like, hey guys. <laughs> yeah. So this is Ashley, one of the co-hosts. Hello. I'm Colby. And Jeremy. Hi. And we are on, uh, we're going to be up to like episode 14 now. Something? Yeah. Yeah, it's getting to be getting a while. Up there. Uh, and actually, I almost forgot, uh, the anthology probably is coming out or has come out by the time this comes out. It is 25 of our best Ooh. short stories, right. many of which we did podcasts about. Uh, and it is a thick anthology. Uh, it's, it's shaping up to be a like a 300-page anthology of like all these great short stories with all the discussion questions at the end. So you can go on Amazon and buy that as well. Excellent. Um, and if you've got something that you think would fit our format, you can email it to us. Go to afterdinnerconversation.com, and you can email it us. Uh, we get a lot of submissions now. I was telling Jeremy yesterday that I haven't had a. We've had a backlog of 100 plus submissions now for like three yeah. months because so many come in. But we've got a group of readers, which you can also be a reader if you want to be a reader, uh, who's sorting through them. And, uh, so keep them coming. Keep them coming. Great yeah. writing. Great yeah. writing. And if yours is selected, it'll get published. And if it's one of the ones that gets published, it's got a 50-50 chance of being one of the ones that we do a podcast about. Okay, so this week is uh, Give the Robot the Impossible Job, I think is what it's called. Who's it written by? Do we uh, Rook something. Jeremy, you've got the thing up. Uh, yeah, Give the Robot Michael the Impossible Rook. Job by Michael Rook. Uh, and I will tell you, so I uh, I read this one. I actually was the reader on this one and selected it. And I, as it's the first thing I've read in a while since I was like in like ninth grade where I was like, man, this is really smart. Like, <laughs> this is smarter than I am. So smart to the point where you had a message back to him to yeah. bring in. Basically, like subtitles or what are they called? They're yeah, called so footnotes. 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 Yes, yeah, so when you read the to footnotes, describe I, certain things. I had the author put in <coughs> footnotes 
because I was like, look, I need I need help. <laughs> so what uh, the story is yeah. about, <laughs> yeah. that why it's so complicated. So there are. It's ro- great, though. It's great. Oh, it's, it's just, fantastic. It's Once just, you get the premise, you're, it's, it's smooth sailing. The it's first, just smart. Don't be put off by the first couple of pages. Um, re- definitely read the footnotes. Don't get too caught up in so much of the details. You'll kind of fit into it after, I'd yeah, say, the couple of pages. A that's a good call. Um, so the premise is there are robots that live among people world, human world. Huh? Um, to give you a little idea, these robots... This um, is not the near future. This is like the distant future. The right? distant future, yeah. This is like yeah. 60, 80, 100 years in the future. Well, the third uh, civil war was 2029 20, yeah. to 2031. Yeah. So not too, too far. Okay. Um, so there are robots that live in our world. Um, and these robots, a um, couple of things that are unique about they put limitations on these robots is they have a certain amount of time. So technically they can die. And when they die, the information that they gathered goes back up into basically the, the cloud, cloud for other robots to sift through. So their mission, so they don't die, is to come up with some sort of new theory. Think of them like being like a PhD student. Like they well, have to get um, right. to certain levels of information that is worthwhile. And at that point, they get to be what's called set free, where they can do their own self-study. Free study. Free, free study. study. And they're education robots. So yes. specifically, they're designed to educate people. Yes. Right. And, yeah. if, and so if they're good at it, then they then they get sent to like they robot heaven, new which lesson is free plans. study. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so basically they decided to put robots as teaching because it was in basically in studies they found that robots being teachers is a better way to go. Yeah. So um, in not just teaching, but different types of teaching. For this case in particular, there is a girl who has been caught, uh, not caught, but the mother's concerned because the daughter is now disembodying things, killing things. Like, yeah. Right, killing, killing animals, killing yeah. rabbits, yeah. killing birds. And she's idolizing this Which serial, serial killer, killer called right. Abernon. Al- Al- I think Algernon. Algernon, sorry. I assume he's named after flowers for Algernon. Yes. Okay. And so the mother contacts Quinn, who is this robot teacher who's been sent to basically crack this uncrackable case because no one's been able to fix a serial killer in the in the process yeah deprogram her so she doesn't grow up to be a serial killer so in the process um quinn again striving for this new theory so she can live forever um is trying to crack this case and she goes through a series of three steps turns out to be four but she, she through all of her data processing is like oh there's three different scenarios i need to bring this girl through um one of them's embarrassment one of them is uh was it um ex- exposure or something like that it, either way but there's a series of steps to get through to this girl that you shouldn't be killing um and the ethical questions is basically uh again the idea of how quinn teaches Letitia, the disturbed girl, the you know, girl, yeah. if her educational methods... What does it say? She's like 10 or 12 or something? Yeah, something somewhere around there. Okay. Um, is Early it ethical? Her, yeah. her methods, should Quinn, you know, die off if she doesn't, can't solve this girl? Yeah. Um, it goes into the interesting fact of, you know, there's been studies done... Uh, think of it this way. Like, back in the day, we would do, you know, terrible studies on, like, little children. And nowadays, we're like, oh, you can't do that. But in robot world, they're kind of able to have access to all that information, and then in their mind, they can play things out. It's kind of a weird. And I, th- I think the way she puts it is they don't, they don't face the ethical dilemma, yeah, or the, the unsureness that people go through of they is only this do what is optimal, right? Yes, yeah. yes. 
Um, so she's got this pressure of my time's running out. I'm going to be, you know, killed soon versus I got to save this girl. Mm-hmm. What I found interesting is her motivation really wasn't to help this girl. It was really just to, to save die. her own life. The, AI, um, the, the computers, which, the, the androids. Which yeah. brings us to our first discussion question is how, given how nearly human Quinn is, is it fair to have her have a limited lifespan? Is it fair to make near human AI fear a pending death to motivate them to work? Yeah. Can I, can I just finish a little bit of the description yeah, sorry, of the story sorry, first? Because yeah. I, I think that's, an, I mean, I wrote it, so I guess I think it's an interesting <laughs> question. But uh, so just to sort of round out the story, because it is a longer, complicated story. Yeah. Uh, so there's sort of three phases and then a fourth phase. The first yeah. one is the robot gets called out because a little girl, I think, has found a dead rabbit. Found or, a oh, dead rabid yeah. rabbit. But the part that makes her like creepy town is she cut off the limbs and the parts of the rabbit and then re-sewed them back onto the dead rabbit in different, in different locations. Yeah. So it's like leg is attached to its head, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, and then the robot goes and meets with her and then the second time and tries to teach her, but then gets called out again because there's a bird that I think sw- like, it like hit a window. a window and it was injured but not dead. And she kills it she kills and then it. also stitches it weird. Right. She, she, she sews its head to its butt and its butt to its head or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then. The third one, she kills the robot butler. Yeah. Because she's like, well, he's not real. Not the butler, the gardener. The, the gardener. gardener, yeah. Yeah, because he's not real. And he, and he, she he's was old. And, and, she yeah. was, and he made fun of her. He was uh-huh. embarrassed of her or something. Mm-hmm. And then in the conclusion, um, the Algernon, the murderer that she idealizes, uh, the robot brings Algernon out to her house mm-hmm. under the pretense of it, him being like a runaway murderer. And he's it, found her and right. he's here to kill her. He's here to kill her. But, but secretly, the robot has put like a shock collar control to collar on him. Right. Uh, so that they could simulate the act to help the girl understand morality better. And then the, the twist conclusion is, is Algernon actually rips his collar off uh, by, like, ripping it through his head or his neck or something. Right, nearly he kills gives himself. himself a stroke. And yeah, nearly kills himself in the process. But then because, so he really is cut loose in the house, and he kills the mom, I think. She no, stabs, oh, no. Her, stabs, stabs her on, like, the, the hamstring. Stabs the little girl's mom. And then the robot comes and kills Algernon in front of the little girl and then is like, I'm going to kill the mom, too, for reasons I don't exactly understand, except for educational reasons. Right. Well, this, is, then, the, this is what she creates is because she's watching the girl. Oh, the girl's reactions. The girl's right. reactions, and she's not reacting Right. She's in not the offended right by way. killing Algernon. Right. right. So, so then she threatens to kill the mom. Right. And then the girl is offended and says, no, we shouldn't do that. And the robot has essentially, like, turned the boat. So that she no right. lo- she understands there are times at least when killing is inappropriate. Right now, and that's the end of the story. And the robot has has figured it all out. And the robot goes to robot heaven. A couple of things else to bring up: this girl's motivation. The Quinn, the main robot, is able to figure out the Letitia. Um, her idea of killing is because how can I really know life if I haven't taken it? And her also response is, "And made it if I haven't right. had a child." Yeah. So she's you can understand she's inquisitive mind like i understand where she's coming from like oh yeah that's a great point like how can i know what life is if i haven't made it or taken it and then later on quinn is like so you want to play god you know and so it kind of you could see the immaturity in her thought process but you can also see how she has to question her motives kind of throughout the process as well um so 
let's back it up. So okay. first thing with Quinn being quest- a robot. Yeah, the question. With yeah. her being, you know, on a lifespan. Uh, should we have AI that has like a lifespan? Because uh, what are their motives? Their motives are just to keep on living. Like, is it fair? Is it their fear of impending death makes them work? Could they have used a different motive to keep them working, to, to keep them teaching? Yeah. That's a good question because there, there are a lot of factors to how, how we're building machine learning. Yeah. You know, and a lot of it is. There's a lot of machine learning stories lately. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a defined result and, you know, how do you get to that result? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there's a lot of use of the whole carrot and stick is actually used in machine learning too. There's, there's punishment for failures. Mm-hmm. There's rewards for successes. Uh, so it seems completely, you know, within that model to have here's your reward for good work, mm-hmm. um, and here's the punishment for continued failure. Mm. So um, I, I found and you're it. You're not interest- alive, so it doesn't matter that we killed you. Yeah, and that's where it gets in a gray gray area. What is alive? So unlike AI, they don't need to worry about food or living and right. water, whereas they can just keep on going. So they have the motive because they want to learn things like she obviously wants to do free study which is great like they want to learn so they have the motivation to stay alive but they don't have like basics need to stay alive she doesn't need to work to like provide food so i feel like she's kind of like a slave it's like you need to do your work Mm -hmm. or you die and who runs the robots well basically there's a governing board which behind the scenes is run by a human so the robots shut her down remotely anytime they want so the robots are literally like slaves like you will work or we will cut you off I thought that was kind of interesting. So these robots, as much as they're free thinking and want to study and, and do research and help and be teachers. They are slaves. They are slaves. Yeah. Right. And it won't be long until they throw their human o- overthrow their human overlords. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you got to put in the seven-year <laughs> limited lifespan. So here's Quinn faced with Letitia as this impossible case. Is that ever true? Are there children or adults who have started down such a horrible path they simply can't be stopped? Jeremy, you're the one with the kid. (laughs) If so, what, (laughs) if anything, should be done with them? So can I, can I, I, I'm going to interrupt for one sec. So so let me just ask you, Jeremy, since you are the only one here with this kid, we've got a good, we're always a good diversity of backgrounds. Uh, was that ever something that you thought about having two kids? Like, what if I came home and one of them had, you know, I don't want to say like taken apart the cat, but uh, if they something had, to that if effect, they had right. done like yeah, if they mm. had if they had done something that gave you concerns that it was an early warning, what right? Well, th- that mean, would be terrifying as a parent. That would be no. I never thought about that. Okay, and it never happened. That's so, good. So uh, you still got all your cats. <laughs> Isn't that always true? You always hear, like, that they talk to the parents of a serial killer, like, did you ever see this coming? And they're like, no. Like, like well, you know, they never there, thought there were those about it. incidents where they killed those animals, but no, 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 but I, I mean, never thought, they never thought that would be happened to their yeah. kid. I thought it would just stop at animals. Like, you never just kill animals. Yeah. So what should be happened to them? Is there any kids that are just bad or impossible cases? I don't know. Isn't that uh, part of wow. isn't that isn't yeah. that okay? Time out. Isn't that part um, of the death penalty though? People yeah. are so far not able to be rehabilitated that they just need to die. So so okay. So this I do know something about. Um, in that because uh, I do I have done criminal defense work right, um, and I read a study once and I shouldn't have read it about uh, recidivism rates for criminals. Right. So uh, I'm probably getting this a little bit wrong, but it was a peer reviewed like academic article that said that. 
if you are um, convicted of a felony before the age of 25, there is a 90, it was like 97% chance, it was in the 90s, 90-something percent chance that you will commit a second felony within five years of getting out of jail. So it's pretty high. So there, if there, but there is are a lot of factors to that. It's not just the fact that you've committed a felony. It's that the, you know the prison system doesn't yes. rehabilitate. Absolutely true. But, but so that so I remember uh, going to a, a, a hearing with a sentencing for one of the clients, and the guy's like, "Hey, man, thanks. As soon as I get out, I'm turning my life around." And before I could think like and stop uh. myself, I would say statistically probably not. <laughs> Is what I what I told him. Yeah, that's not. What that's you're not good, to say. right? I, I said ninety. I think I said ninety something percent chance. That's not true, uh, and or something like that. And I felt really bad afterwards. Uh, he's probably out now. Actually, he's probably back in now. Um, <laughs> and but but here's the thing, right? Is if we know wow. that there is a ninety something percent recidivism rate because we do it all wrong. I don't. I don't right, think it's right. his fault. But it's the system's fault. But if there were a system that was that was actually rehabilitating, and yeah, that's that's a whole still, different story. But since that isn't the case, why do we let people out at all? Like, if you committed a felony before the age of twenty-five, we're ninety percent sure this is the do re- it again. This is the rest of your life. But what about the ten percent? Yeah, and that's the thing, right? But this is the same thing with the kids yeah. in the impossible case in the story. Mm-hmm. So maybe only three percent of kids that have started down this sort of fantasy fantasy path can be solved. Do you sort of save resources and not worry about all of them? Or mm. do you – actually, we had this conversation with the cat about earlier. Like, why spend $3,000 on your sick cat when they – for $3,000, you could save, like, 100 cats that are in shelters? So, so the thing is, so there's not the research there. Like, look at the TV show Mindhunters. I don't know if you guys have seen that on Netflix. I have. So there are two awesome. basic, like, uh, serial killer – they actually come up with the term serial killer. Yeah. Um, guys who are trying to profile. Based on the real FBI files. Yeah, yeah trying to yeah. profile what makes someone a serial killer and what makes them tick. So this is a perfect example. It's like when the research just isn't there. So how do you know this person is going to grow up to be a serial killer? She's, yeah. sho- she's sho- exhibiting signs, but there's real no like definitive facts. But we now know, like obviously, like, hey, that's not a good sure. sign. But it's a warning sign at the least. But is there any definitive evidence of catching someone when they're young and turning them around? I haven't heard of anything. But so this, what uh, this story is a lot about is behavioral, behavioral deprogramming. Yes. Yeah. So ironically done by a robot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and there there are hints to that. You talked about Algernon, uh, flowers for Algernon is used extensively in, uh, not behavioral therapy, but in psychology classes because there, there's a, a whole lot of psychology going on in the story as well as just the ideas behind uh, intelligence. Okay. It's one of my um, favorite short stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there, there's a great line um, in here, who would be afraid of rabbits? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. she asked, is she afraid of rabbits? So I just thought of Mice and Men when I thought that. I thought that was a Mice and Men reference. Uh, it's really a reference to the, the Little Albert experiment. What Little Albert where, experiment? Where psychologists, and this was back in, I don't know, 40s, 50s, yeah. sometimes they... There was the question is, do like babies, do we intrinsically like furry animals? Oh, yes. So they, the answer must be yes. Yes, but can you be programmed to fear things that are naturally cute? Mm-hmm. And so they took a baby, little Albert, and programmed him 
conditioned him using the uh, Pavlo- Pavlovian yeah. mm-hmm. process. A little shock collar on him? No, they just oh. uh, they just hit like a made a loud noise oh, yeah, every like time you touched a, a touched a bunny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I've never heard this story. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I yeah. want to find out what yeah. happened. I get reason why they don't do experiments like this no, anymore. Right, right. <laughs> what happened? I want to so, know what happened. So they programmed this kid to be afraid of furry animals. Absolutely. Yeah. And and then his mom found out. Mom worked at the hospital, found out what they were doing, and they left. Hi, this is Colby, and you are listening to After Dinner Conversation, short stories for long discussions. But you already knew that, didn't you? If you'd like to support what we do at After Dinner Conversation, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash afterdinnerconversation. That's right. For as little as $5 a month, you can support thoughtful conversations like the one you're listening to. And as an ad incentive for being a Patreon supporter, you'll get early access to new short stories and ad-free podcasts, meaning you'll never have to listen to this blurb again. At higher levels of support, you'll be able to vote on which short stories become podcast discussions, and you'll even be able to submit questions for us to discuss during these podcasts. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being the kind of person that supports thoughtful discussion. I've never heard this story. Yeah, 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 I, I yeah. want to find out what happened. I get reason why they don't do experiments like this no, anymore. Right, right. <laughs> what happened? I want to so, know what happened. So they programmed this kid to be afraid of furry animals. Absolutely. Yeah. And and then his mom found out. Mom worked at the hospital, found out what they were doing, and they left. So this guy grew up being afraid of furry animals because they programmed to be afraid of furry animals. I thought you were going to say he married a girl that was a furry. No. <laughs> that would have been amazing. No, no. But the interesting is, though... So, um, I've never heard that. The whoever did the experiment was doing a uh, like so a seminar. Was, was rabbits the thing? Is that why it's in the story? You think? Yes, that's why. That this is the link. So. Oh wow! Um, I totally didn't get that at all. Yeah. Um, did so you ever take did psychology in school? That's no, the no. only class I failed uh, actually. Oh no wonder. It's okay. So <laughs> the the guy did a seminar, and Mary Cover Jones was in the seminar uh, when she was in college and decided to go into behavioral therapy. And she is the considered the mother of behavioral therapy. Really? Because of, this, because of exposure to this experiment. Because her son was exposed to No, no, to no. She was just a, a uh, psychology student. Oh, okay. Went Got to a it. seminar gotcha. by this guy. Oh, okay. And um, wow. she was the first person to deprogram somebody from being afraid of rabbits or afraid really? of furry animals. Yeah. Huh. So, and I think that's, you know, linked into so this. Like, question, how do you, you deprogram somebody? Yes. Mm-hmm. And what are the methods to deprogram? So what did you think about the programming method of sort of um, agreement? Right? I so really liked that part. I feel like... Uh, first give me one sec. Like, Let me explain it to <sighs> so the people. No, you, you jump in. I just want to explain <laughs> okay, it to okay. the people that haven't read it. Okay. So what the robot decides to do is to go the opposite way. And every time something happens, the robot sort of is like, yeah. And he deserved it. Yeah, and you should do more. And the theory being is that by sort of encouraging, it becomes so awkward that it becomes embarrassing. And the that's the way I read it, at least. Maybe I'm getting wrong. Yeah, that was and the, the idea. And the, the person is like, oh, no, I shouldn't do that. So it's like this is wrong. Right, Try so, to get the person right. to come to the, the, the conclusion, conclusion of that this right. is wrong. Instead of telling them it's wrong, in which case they become defensive of their opinion right. as a sort of natural defense mechanism. So if somebody... Uh, is punching people, you're like, yeah, you should punch them harder until they bleed, until their face has got blood on your hand. And you're like, oh, no, that's gross. I don't want to do that. And they're like, why not? And you're like, 
oh, because punching is probably bad. Like it's a, like it's a way to like sort of one up someone right. until you've shamed them into their position, out mm -hmm. of their position. Okay, well, now. Well, for her to build up to being able to question her like that, yeah. she has to build a rapport. So in the beginning, when she's asking, yeah. she asks a lot of like open-ended questions. Like it makes sense. Like was the rabbit rabid? And she's yeah. like, yeah. She's like, makes sense. We need to have people that you should sh you should kill dangerous things, all dangerous things. More like uh, you're you're needed. So it's like, oh right. yeah, and I did something good. And, and she's like, oh, so you don't think of me as twisted? You understand my logic, right? And then from there, and really approaches her as like, yes, we want you to do this. We're uh -huh. going to train you to be a killer, right? In the hopes for that she'll the right be reasons. By it. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so she kind of understands her mindset and is able to kind of infiltrate. And so it's like, okay, I understand. Yeah. And so I this person feels so. And be, imagine being this little girl doing these weird things, and the mother's like, "Why are you doing this? Why?" And she doesn't know. But finally, here's this first robot who's like, "Oh yeah, I know why. That makes sense of why you're doing this. Who doesn't want to be understood? Who doesn't want to be like, oh, that makes sense to me?" And so then later on, she puts her in more complex and more complex situations where it questions her uh, basically moral compass of, wait, is this when you would do it? Is this not when right. you would do it? Yeah. And so I think the steps of her to kind of get there, that was a really ingenious way of doing it. Um, this one up and step by step. And then trusting mm -hmm. her, giving her a knife, being like, you, you trust me Absolutely. with this? It's like, yeah, like I'm on your this team. This is what you're here for. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it didn't make her feel stupid or dumb. I mean, you're an 11 or 12 year old girl. You don't know why you're doing these weird things. Um, yeah. And that's the part I was getting to the page. Yeah. Where when she feast first meets the little girl, she says, uh, uh, "Yes, Quinn snapped. Well, I don't. It's wrong." And the robot says, "Is that it?" She's like, "Lots of people say it's wrong." How many is lots? Letitia stared at the corpse. All of them. Except what? Except you, Quinn answered. What do you think? Like, she's yeah. actually, like, right. yeah. listening as opposed to and encouraging rather than just, like, being like, no, mm -hmm. you're stupid and stop it. Well, this Which obviously doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting counterpoint to uh, the point from the previous story where we talked about uh, moral panic actually causing more, well, the, oh, yeah, right, yeah. the mm -hmm. actors mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. trying to keep you from being from deviating from the social social norm if you uh try too hard it just increases that uh level of deviance right so but to actually come in and are you your punk rock example yeah, yeah, the yeah. last one yeah yeah so that if but in this case you're actually coming in and listening and trying to push them in that and, direction and, so and that they understand and, and helping right. them, yeah. one of the things that was drilled into me i'm a, a dental hygienist and open-ended questions you never tell a patient something you ask open-ended questions so you can get more information. Um, I see here you have cancer. Tell me more about that. What? Do, not, instead of like, yeah. did you have cancer? Yes. Well, I need to know more about. Tell me about that. Um, you're afraid of coming to the dentist. Tell me more about that. So you Why? Th so you think this and teaching so method is a legitimate would work teaching the, method? The open-ended questions to figure out why this girl is doing this? Yes, absolutely. Um, there was, oh, I just flipped the page. Um, uh, where was it here? She's like, uh, well, maybe I flip. Anyway, but yeah, it's all these open-ended questions. Um, it's like, well, what do you say? I'm Adelphi. You know what we do. So shall we start? What are you waiting for? You aren't here to. No, I'm just here to figure out kind of what you're doing. Yeah. Like there's not this shame, this uh, motive behind of like, I should shame you. I should change your behavior. It's like, yeah. no, just let me learn. Mm -hmm. So open-ended questions, absolutely. It's a way for her to understand her motives and understand where she's coming from. Um, 
And so you think this would be a good sort of way to change behavior? Oh, absolutely. Well, well, just to understand. Yeah. I mean, this person is already confused. She's killing things. Her mom's yelling at her. Her mom's yeah. hysterical, crying. And it's like, hold on, like, what's going on here? Like, let's just, let's just, let's lay out the facts. There is a dead rabbit. Yeah. She looks at the gum. She's like, that rabbit was rabid. Right. Okay, fact number two. Uh, looks like your stitching was pretty, uh, pretty intricate. It looks more like study. Um, if... Let's say you're like yeah. trying to figure things out. This looks interesting. Yeah. Instead of like, why'd you put the foot by the head? It's like, right. oh no, hold on. You're actually there was thought put Remi into this. It obviously, me a little bit of that phrase of like the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. This is the right? opposite of that. Let me yeah. let me ask you, this, Jeremy. Uh, the the ov the sort of like extreme methodology that this theory is put to. Like they actually like bring in like a, a android that looks like a person is like. Right. She's dying, you know, here's the knife, blah, blah, blah. Uh, do you feel like when you've got this sort of exceptional problem that it, that it, that it sort of warrants and permits exceptional responses? In this, probably for this case, if you're talking about a budding serial killer, then yes, this seems like an appropriate way because it's not like shock therapy. It's not therapies that are harming to the the patient. I mean, there's there, probably some there PTSD. Exposure therapy. It's exposure some therapy. trauma, but you know, it's in a direction. But it all seems like it's it's healthy, healthy interactions in a direction. But she takes her to like a war so zone. So let me let me let right. me back it up. To see a, let a me back it up. Dying. Person dying. So her initial questioning, I approve. The second one where she brings her to a girl who's literally, it's not really a real person. It's a fake person dying. But she doesn't know that. So, okay. So in the first situation, there's a, there's a rabbit that's dead. In the second situation, there's a bird that hit a window, yeah. not dead, but she kills it. So she's like, well, let's test this theory again. Yeah. Let's bring her to an injured animal, in this case, a human. Yeah. Again, going, going up a level. Instead of being an animal, right. now it's a human. An injured human. Let's see if she kills it how she handled how what she handles it i don't remember she wasn't what there was to the kill she was wasn't there to kill the woman she was there to find algernon right they the were yeah they yeah, were there was the girl algernon. but it was also like is she but good who was right who in was this process yeah. of being gutted and dying yes. it was an exposure and to so that to elicit that oh my god this is wrong response did yes. she how want can I the little this? girl to like put the person no. out of their misery it was just to see just this is what a serial killer does yes oh i thought she wanted to see if she would kill her because she gave her the knife for that no that was for algernon okay Oh, to, or to, to go get Algernon to do right. it. Okay, got it. Keep in mind, the, the, the robot Quinn, this entire process, she's like, scan the pupils, look at right, the dilation, the look are, at the heart rate. Yeah, you're looking for that response. So if it wasn't for, could, could we do these sort of simulations in real life? Like, like exposure therapy. So Is this VR. permissible? Yeah. You think? Okay, so from a machine learning perspective, we talked about this in the last story yeah. as well. You talk about, you know, the machine is the the AI is just trying to park the car without damaging other cars. Right. So it doesn't know what a car is. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot similar in here's these AI are specifically here's the scenario mm -hmm. we want an optimal out you know result. Mm -hmm. Here are all the things we do. Try not to wreck all the cars. Mm -hmm. right. Try to get the car into the parking spot of uh, normal social behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what extremes do you go to? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, this ties into the failure modes in machine learning. Um, and there are a lot of ways around this that we're currently going through. Uh, things like reward hacking. You know, so they get rewards. If, but if the machine can hack that reward response without having to actually 
don't know what reward hacking is. Uh, there are a lot of examples in gaming where AIs perform. Uh, they figure out how to get the rewards without doing, doing the, the work. work. Oh, okay, got it. Um, you so know, another, basically, like yes, there's someone in the basement of their mom's house. Right. Yeah, I got <laughs> you it. You know, uh, and there are other examples like wireheading. Uh, is a good example of if you can just put wires into the pleasure centers of your brain, you know, why do you even do any work when you can directly... When you can just... Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Just boop, you know, I feel and, better now. Boop, uh, feel and good. there are good examples of this in AI as well. You know, activate... If you can take control of the measurement system... Uh, you I don't have to do the... You don't have to do the actual work. Sure. You just get to the result. Sure. So I... I'm more skeptical about this as a learning method. Uh, not that I don't think it would work. I actually do think it would right, work. Right, but again, you're but getting think, to the result, but, but at what cost? That's exactly mm -hmm. it. I think, and it, it might mean that 100% of the time when a kid's sort of showing these signs, they end up serial killers in jail or on death row or whatever if you're in Texas. Uh, I actually, I think that it might, that it's unethical maybe to do certain things, even if those things are necessary to stop behavior. So the unethical thing is, is exposing her to embarrassment and trauma situations? No, but to the trauma, not to the embarrassment. Yeah. Like phase one seems I perfectly was totally reasonable. Fine. Talk to the kid about why did you kill the rabbit? Right. Phase two with the bird, totally fine. Taking well, no, phase two, th that's what she did in phase two. The response to phase yeah. two was taking her to see the, the right. dying person. Right. Taking someone to see a dying person and giving them a knife saying, yeah, you should go visit kill this the serial killer. Kill the serial killer. Like even if that is an effective teaching technique, I don't. I the result does not make the morality in my mind. So, in this case. But so this is the. I'm, I'm playing devil advocate here. So yeah. how how do you know? Okay, you're gonna. She's gonna fantasize forever and ever and ever and ever and ever about killing. Maybe. And she's gonna progressively get worse and, and worse and worse until do she it. does it. But if you can get her now to realize that. Oh wait, I'm not capable of this. I should With stop this behavior now. Right, and that's exposing her to a dying person mm -hmm. that is not actually a dying person. Yeah, it's fake. So there's really yeah. There's, there's a controlled environment. Yeah. I, and I, but I, I and I understand that I I'm guess the minority it doesn't work. I, it seems like in almost every conversation, there's always a <laughs> okay. two and a one. So think of it this uh, way. Except it depends on who the one is. It's yeah. the outperson. Say I'm trying to rock climb, and it's yeah. like, um, well, I'm going to keep trying to climb until I get to the top. Well, how about you just stick me on the top and see if I can handle being at the top? And guess what? I can't. Now I know. I'm going to stop trying to keep yeah. climbing and hurting people no, I know. along the way. But, so just but, shock me at the top, but, and then I realize I don't want to go up there. But here's what you guys are saying. What you're saying is the severity of the 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 disorder in action mm -hmm. warrants a comparable severity of a educational therapy, therapy yeah. technique. Yeah. yeah. And so if you uh you know if you've got an eating disorder, um that that warrants a certain level of eating disorder therapy intensity. But if you're a serial killer, then it's a certain even greater level, you know, it, and I just, at a certain point, I wonder if the results don't justify the means. Well, that's how you got to do the experiment. You got to figure out what's how what's the extreme you need to go to. No, you but don't I'm saying, know I'm until you practice. Maybe that result, maybe maybe the extreme you have to go to is unethical to go to, and you just have to accept that sometimes the world has serial killers. I mean, so let's say let's say you've got somebody. But if who you're outsourcing your ethics to the AI that's yep. performing yeah, the I therapy, know. and it's a controlled environment, not real people, it's a fake robot with blood. 
and she has to face it. I don't know. I mean, yeah. so imagine if she was a budding uh, pedophile. What would the therapy be? Like, are they going to progressively expose her to more horrific acts of pedophilia until she's offended by it? Like, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. Even if it's all fake. E- even if it's all yeah. fake and even if it changes the behavior, I, I, don't, I don't know... I don't know about that, man. So what do you do with that person? We just I talked think, about you, you put just, them in jail and they come out. you jail them forever. You jail them forever so that they're not, a, they're not a harm to other people. Even though you mm. could have helped them and chose not to because it was unethical to help them in the way that needed to have happened to it to work. Yeah. And, I, and I get that's just like a, that's just a, li- a random arbitrary line in the sand for me. Uh, maybe it's not arbitrary, but it's like a different line in the sand for me than, than you all. But... Uh, uh, like I'll, I'll give you one other example that's not so traumatic. Um, everyone's like, I don't know how to get rid of all these. Like the traffic is terrible, and I've always known how to solve the problem with traffic. Right? The pr- it's simple. All you do is you reverse the number of carpool lanes to the number of single-person lanes. So you get on a freeway, and instead of there being one carpool lane and four it's, regular lanes, there are four, four carpool mm-hmm. lanes and, and one, one regular, regular lane. lane. And so the carpool lanes are going to be lane. mostly empty. Yeah. Or you're going to have to carpool because that one regular mm-hmm. lane is going to be a disaster, <laughs> right? And and you will solve the traffic issue. Mm. But we don't – or you know what I mean. I, I, it, it yeah. might, it might, I mean, that didn't work with the bike lanes. That's true. It didn't work with the bike lanes. <laughs> but, my, but, but we don't do that because it's just not what we do, right? right? Like the goal is not always the result because our own morality is wrapped up in the – in the way that we in the way it's approached absolutely but what what about her example of um she was uh, by the way she was basing a lot of her teaching methods based off of previous scenarios there were two basically tribes of people that hated each other it's a great example and instead of trying to teach tolerance to each of the groups she basically told each group, yeah, you're right, you should kill them. I'm right. going to teach you how. And then went to the other group, yeah, you're right, you yeah. should teach, you kill the and other tried group. tried to escalate the problem. And yeah. then or each group to, realized. Which based on how smart this guy is, I bet he really found this research, and I bet yeah. this is a real thing. And what happened to the, each tribe was they realized how mad and crazy and extreme they it's, were, that both of them, they were like, well, we don't want to be the crazy people. Let's, let's back down. You know, and so that was her idea of being like hyping her up, like, here's a knife, let's go, let's go. And then finally she's like, no, I really don't. And so is that, is that real? That's the same idea. You know, that's the same idea. And it's kind of like that embarrassment, actually it kind of backfires on her because she, the, um, Letitia was embarrassed by how she couldn't have killed earlier that she goes and kills the the butler, the the gardener guy or whatever. And it's like, ooh, okay, that did backfire. So, yeah. Uh, let me ask one last thing as our parting notes. We are, this one, this was like a quick thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, really? Did, oh man. Did so the the thing that ultimately shakes it out of it is the robot kills Algernon, rightfully so because he's broken off his like collar. He's rogue. He's and, like yeah. ah. And then and the girl, little girl, watches that and she's okay with that. And then she goes to kill the mom, and the little girl's like, "No, don't kill my mom." And and the story says, "Well, the cycle's broken." Here's the thing: I don't know. And this goes back to your sort of gaming the game sort of right. thing. I I understand that the story meant that to mean that it broke the cycle. Leaving the sort of like construct of the story, I don't know if that just simply meant it deprogrammed the girl to think uh, killing strangers versus killing family members right. versus people you have an emotional attachment with versus – you see what I'm saying? Right. I, well, but it's the similar idea. Like this robot is crazy and – 
you know, it's an example of if you want to do that, it's an extreme that this girl now doesn't want to go to because. Right. But you don't think maybe the only thing she really learned was. Don't kill my mom. Right. Don't kill family members. It's possible. Right. I, I don't know. In an extended story. We, you know, we, we might know. find out. Yeah. Right. In, in like version two, we might find out that she she learned yeah. a lesson, but not the lesson. Right. Uh, the thing is that Quinn, when she starts to go like wanting to kill, she goes, this is no God when she's to Algernon. Right. To Algernon. You know, like I just killed your idol. Right. And then and then keep in mind, she's also kind of idolizing Quinn. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, you're like teaching me things. And then she turns to like go to her mom. And the girl was shocked, not only like on the kill life and kill life to understand life to the here's my idol being killed here's my other idol going yeah. crazy town right. like yeah that is a cluster mental yeah you, so it's 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 a pretty harsh therapy yeah but but for for what is a pretty harsh problem yeah. is i think the the rationale of the morality of doing it yeah uh the other thing i thought when i was reading this is i thought i thought Oh man, they shouldn't let this girl read Ayn Rand. That's what got her started. <laughs> That's what made her like this. She read Ayn Rand, and then, and then it's all downhill, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so do so do we limit what our kids see, read, hear now that information's so readily available? Would this girl have been who she is if she hadn't been reading Algernon's stuff or yeah. seen his stuff? I, I go the opposite way. I, I this goes back to the Jeremy and the punk rocker thing from our last one. Right. Uh, I think. I think you don't limit what people see. You let them see everything so they understand the insignificance of any one thing. Yeah. Um, I would agree with that. But you don't think this girl like went down a rabbit hole and became so obsessed with it? Nobody was obsessed with it, but she would have gotten obsessed with something something else. But like nobody ever was like, what was Hitler listening to? Let's ban Beethoven. Like, like, I think. Ban art schools, man. Ban art schools, (laughs) right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. At any rate, this was a really quick 30 <laughs> minutes. And again, a huge thank you to it's Michael, Michael Rook. Uh, yeah. this is a, I, I would say if you're, if you're, if you're just reading your first after dinner conversation, and I hate to say this, don't read this one, <laughs> uh, just because it's not that it's confusing. It's that it is so smart. I would say it's dense. It is it's dense. Yeah. It yeah. is just, and if you have, and you have to read the footnotes, the footnotes are actually hysterical. Yeah. yeah. Um, they make it as well, but at any rate, it's a great story. It's phenomenal. Thank you, uh, Michael for submitting it. Um, you are listening to after dinner conversation, short stories for long discussions. If you've enjoyed this, please like, and subscribe. The vast majority of people don't, it's a silly thing. You should do it. Uh, and recommend it to your friends. That's share. the number. That's the, yeah. yeah. Share. Post it. Share it. Yeah, that's the number Talk one way it. people learn about new podcasts is by other people recommending them. Yep. So recommend it. If you've got a story, submit it. Go to our website afterdinnerconversation.com. We also have an anthology that is uh, either come out or just coming out, depending on how much time I get to do work. Uh, go ahead and check it out. It'll be called After Dinner Conversation Season One. Boom. Boo. Implying there will be a season two. We <laughs> ah. uh, do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it'll be better than that, the second Matrix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that is it. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed listening to this, please like and subscribe. Uh, it helps us out a ton. You know, the vast majority of people listen haven't liked and subscribed, which means maybe it shows up in your algorithm, maybe it doesn't. So don't leave that to chance. Just go ahead and hit that button. And we'd sure appreciate that. And uh, that way we can keep doing what we're doing and you're not left to the whims of some algorithm. Thanks.